We're going to read quite a few different places today. Um, our Sunday school lesson said in the ninth and tenth chapter, or ninth and tenth verse of the first chapter of Philippians, it says, This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, and that you may approve things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And it just stood out to us. We've been thinking on this line about what the Bible says elsewhere, but when we read it, it was uh, it's different that it says that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Now, that without offense, we could look at two different ways. Uh, there is the offenses that we could do um, toward God, and then there are the offenses that we could have because of God, and in essence, that we are offended by what he's done or by who he is. And obviously, uh, if it's the one, well, then it's also the other. Um, but we all know that if we have offended God, that what we need to do is we need to repent. Um, sometimes we don't have a full comprehension of, of the word as our words and we use it in one context. But like, for instance, offend in, in my dictionary that I have, I know a Webster dictionary of 18 and 28. Uh, it has seven different definitions of offend. So when we read this in the scripture as, as well as elsewhere, uh, we might not fully understand uh, in what particular context that it means. But it says here, we're going to read them all. It says offend, to attack, to assail. Number two, to displease, to make angry, to affront. It expresses rather less than make angry and without any modifying word, it is nearly synonymous with displease. We are offended by rudeness, incivility, and harsh language. Children offend their parents by disobedience, and parents offend their children by unreasonable um, austerity and or restraint. Number three, to shock, to wound, and to offend the conscience. Number four, to pain, to annoy, to injure, as a strong light offends weak eyes. Number five, to transgress, to violate, as to offend the laws, by we generally use the the intrinsic verb in this sense with against, to offend against the law. Number six, to disturb, annoy, or cause to fall or stumble. Number seven, to draw to evil, to hinder and obedience, to cause to sin or neglect duty. And then it gives this reference, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. <coughs> so there is in this sense of this passage of Scripture that it's Paul's prayer to the Philippians that, that they may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And we could say that in its proper context, possibly that 
Uh, he's talking about that we would not transgress or to violate uh, the laws of God, uh, but then also that we would not uh, draw to evil or to hinder in obedience or to cause to sin or to neglect duty. Uh, now, so in this particular thought, we was reading in the scripture earlier this week or thinking and pondering on it, uh, uh, that it says if you want to turn there, you can turn to Luke. And it says in the 17th chapter, it is impossible that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone be hung about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. Uh, if thy brother transgress against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, repent forgive him. And if he transgress, uh, and if he transgress, I'm sorry. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And so there's the warning. Uh, there, is the, there is the declaration that, it's, that offenses will come in this world. And it says that elsewhere. And it says, whoa, if you want to turn there in the 17th chapter, the 18th chapter of Matthew in the 7th, Verses is woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man to by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand and thy foot of, or, or foot offend thee, cut them off. And then you can turn on over, and it says uh, uh, that Peter was offended when the Lord said that he was going to be given up. Uh, 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 that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief. Uh, priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Uh, but he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, uh, thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And so I truly believe in light of this that we've read that this was uh, the prayer that Peter or, or that Paul had uh, for the Philippians and that uh, it was his prayer that they might uh, serve the Lord in all sincerity and without an offense uh, and without offense till the day of Christ. Uh, we know that there's several places in the Bible uh, that speaks about that very thing, that there was those uh, that were offended. Uh, the Lord cautions me and you uh, that we would not want to stand in the way of uh, one of these little ones, or that if we was to offend, uh, especially if we would understand that offend would mean uh, to make light of the commands of God, uh, that by our own obedience, or disobedience, uh, that one of these little ones I would look on and say that this must not be necessary. We hear even yet today, don't we? With a hard message. It was, it's been said several times that this is the milk and we need to be on the knee. But it's a sad day that we live in. For we live in a church world that's lactose intolerant. Not only are they not evil, to bear the need but they are unwilling to digest the milk they're like those that 
would say as the old prophet it was sweet to my lips but sour in my belly you know what I'm afraid today there are many that are easily offended and they turn their back on God just like Peter was when he said no Lord this will not happen to you when you go to Jerusalem and because Peter was offended by God's word Jesus Christ was offended by Peter there's not one of us that is going to be able to stand in good relationship with the Lord and be offended by his word we're going to have to come down and understand and recognize it don't matter what we're doing for the Lord if there is some aspect in our life where we would choose to close our eyes and our mind to the dealings of the Holy Ghost that when the Lord tells us that you better do something then you better do it because one to the man that is offended by the word of God there is no getting around it though you might take a 40 day journey you can't get around the word of God I don't care if you're a coal miner from West Virginia you ain't going to be able to dig under the word of God it doesn't matter if you're the most skilled did you hear this week they grounded the army pilots after having I think it was four or five collisions in the air and they said that they were going to ground them and they were going to look at their methods of training these men after having so many accidents in a short period of time you might pride yourself by being a pilot in the Air Force but you won't be able to fly high enough you could be an astronaut in NASA and you won't be able though you can circle circumnavigate the moon and come back to the earth God's ways are higher than me and yours and each and every one of us I need to understand that one to him that is the one that does the offense the one to him who was offended by God I know when I was early on as a Christian oh, I was raised in a Christian home although I knew we had family devotions and I knew the scripture there were certain things that I did not comprehend there are certain things that is little children that are raised in a Christian home cannot comprehend that they ought to be as the Bible says to be the spirit spiritually discerned but when I come to the Lord at an early age when I was 12 years old some people say Daryl got saved when he was 12 but I like thinking about it as I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 12 and what a wonderful experience it has been because I look 
who Jesus was. I, I knew he died for my sin, but I did not know what it is. Oh, Jesus Christ said it. I believe maybe, what was it, the Sermon on the Mount? Oh, he said, take and eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And the Bible says there was many that was offended. They said, this is a hard saying. And from that point on, there was many that lived that did not follow Christ. Uh, thus as, as old Peter uh, was offended uh, when Jesus Christ said uh, that I must need go to Jerusalem uh, and there I'll be crucified uh, and Peter was offended uh, and, uh, and in his offense uh, Jesus pointed out and said you savor not the things of God uh, but what you want is what you want uh, is that not a, a description of the church world today they'll serve God as long as everything's going all right. They'll serve God as long as it's something popular. But the Bible tells me if this be the last days that it's going to be darker than it's ever been. And yes, there'll be many that are offended. But woe unto them who the offenses come from. Let me tell you now something. You can invite people to church and you can say come down here or go over there but if they look at your life and they see the sin in it and it offends them woe unto you though you gave the imitation it's your life that's keeping them from entering that door and yes offenses may come and yes they may be using it for an excuse to not attend church but it still don't change the fact that you would not enter in yourself and you would hinder those otherwise it would I'm afraid church I'm scared for some that can sit on the pew week after week tears run down their face and still yet live in sin that they are so blind the Bible says I would boy this whole message it's been preaching to me for some time I would that you'd be hot or cold of course, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out. He would rather us all be hot because those who are hot are born again and saved and are going to go to heaven. Who've gave their heart to him until he comes. And then there are those that are cold that are going to hell. And same with those that are lukewarm. The difference being those that are lukewarm have been rocked to sleep. Although they were offended, they went somewhere else where they wouldn't hear the preached word as it's preached here. And though they might be comforted because they compared themselves with themselves and with others, saying as bad as this and it ain't as bad as that one. But they left because they were offended, only to embrace those other things that should have been they should have been even greatly or more offended of. The Bible says if your hand or your foot offends you, cut it off. But they're so quick to go and try to dismember the body of Christ and say this one here ought to quit doing this and this one here ought to quit doing that. But the Bible don't say if your neighbor offends you, cut his hand off or cut his foot off. That's between him and the Lord. But the Bible says 
Not each and every one of us ought to take account of your own life. I don't know what you think about in the darkness of your home. I don't know where your mind goes when you're outside of the will of the Lord. But you do. And God does. And God ain't going to forget it. He knows that when trouble comes, you choose to lie instead of pray. He knows when trouble comes and you need to get on your knees. You say, I'm glad, dear God. I'm not like this old publican. I tithe and I pray. I do this and I do that. I have a position in the church and I've had this and I do that. And little do you know that your very position in the church is keeping people from coming in the door. You say, Daryl, that can be said of you. And it can be. And it has been. But they are not offended other than by the preached word. Well, they called it meddling. And they say, well, I don't even understand. Is he preaching to me or preaching to somebody else? Well, that's the problem. We've gone to church for so long with pitchforks. And not to run the devil out, but to fort the message over to our neighbor. If the message offends you, throw it on your neighbor. That ain't what the Bible says. What the Bible says, if it offends you, cut off the member that is offended by it. I'm not talking about throwing you out. My desire is that you would be hard and not cold and not lukewarm neither. That you can stand in the presence of the Lord that you can be as the Bible says here that you can be excellent approved that you may approve things that are excellent well now listen there's a lot of people that find fault in this and find fault in that they are so easily offended that they'll never make heaven their home they don't realize that there's people today around the throne of God that are saying offended Lord, uh, we we uh, have the liberty in this uh, in this nation of ours, and it. If some would say, like they did during COVID, that churches are going to have to shut down, that they thought somehow they ought to comply to man. Well, I'm glad I don't serve man, and I, though I might be offended by him, it don't matter if he's offended by me. If my life living for the Lord has offended him, but if I say one thing and do another, if I say there ain't no other way than Jesus Christ. But yeah, when the world says you can't serve your Lord because of this or because of that, well, that's our job to remove that which offends us. And what offends God's children is the lies of Satan. And I'm thankful he's bigger than me and you. There might come a day we was telling that some feller, I think it was in Ohio, 
He was talking about God. Don't know him outside of the little bit of opportunity we had to share the Lord with each other. Have you ever met somebody you don't know even their name, but you know they're a brother in Christ? And when we just got talked about 15, 20 minutes, and how the Lord world is getting so dark, and how even in our country, they start they're starting to persecute Christian ideals. Did you hear what I said? Unfortunately, when it comes push to show, there's a lot of people that say, all right, how can I comply? If this has offended you, how can I say it in a way that it won't? But Christians' ideals are offensive to the devil and his children. And we need to understand that there's coming a time where we might be persecuted. And we went to say our and I shook his hand and I said after talking what we've been talking about maybe there'll come a day where we'll have a meeting once again where we'll be sitting in prison somewhere rejoicing knowing that God's grace is sufficient I ain't never been arrested for preaching yet but I know this that just like Paul said God's grace is sufficient the Bible says, I believe it's in James, that God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. If you search it out, you'll find that what he's talking about is over here in Psalms. And it sheds light uh, on, the, uh, on each and every one of us. It says in uh, uh, Psalms uh, of the 138th chapter, uh, in the sixth verse, though the Lord be high, yet uh, hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. So if this is in reference uh, to what was over there in James, uh, James puts it another way uh, when he said, God resisteth the proud, uh, but giveth grace unto the humble. So if this is in direct reference to this in Psalms, we know what it means to be humble is to be lowly. If you have a high opinion of yourself, God will not be on your side. Do you hear what I'm saying? God will actively resist you. The Bible says, quench not the Spirit of the Lord. So then, how do we do that? Well, there's several ways. He says he has respect for the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. That's what we're talking about. Then it says over here in Proverbs, in the in the third chapter, in the thirty fourth verse, surely he scorneth the scorner, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. Do you hear what he's saying? Once again, giveth grace to the humble and to the lowly. You sweep it under the rug if you want to like some have already done. I can remember somebody saying they kept that from the preacher because he's afraid of what the preacher might say. Having fear of what the preacher might say and having no fear of God. Why? Because they thought within themselves they could fix a problem that was out of their control. The Bible says God resisteth the proud and he giveth more grace. 
grace to the humble. Are we living in a world where we've got too much grace? Or do we need more? I'd have to say that we need more, way more than what we have. And we understand why so many people have grown cold on the Lord. Just like the rich man says, what do I need to do? And the Lord begins to tell him the Ten Commandments and to obey his parents. And he said, all these things have I done to my, uh, uh, since my youth. And the Lord said, all right, sell what you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible said he went away sad. Why? Because he was offended. I'm afraid today we've got so many idols constructed in our life. And the greatest idol of them all is our own will and our own self. And I'm afraid because of that. That though there'll be many that give their heart to Jesus, there'll be many that... That heart being as stony ground and thorny places. And they say, this is a heart saying, I cannot do it. I'd rather lie than tell the truth. I'd rather lie than pray. It's just my nature. Well, if it be your nature, there lies the problem. Jesus Christ said through his word in Paul, we read it this morning that the Lord uh, that in me there is no good thing uh, but if we turn our heart over uh, to the Lord uh, if we die in him uh, we can raise in him uh, but not us but his spirit uh, lives in us and that's the desire of every born again Christian and that's the desire of those who have gave their heart to Jesus you know there's been a few times in my life uh, we're going to celebrate 25 years of marriage and there's been a few times I could tell where a woman was wanting me to break my marriage vows and I fled and why I fled was because my heart didn't belong to her I gave my heart to my wife a long time ago and I could have made the conscious decision to break our wedding vows but there was something sweeter than anything I can have out in this world and that is the intimacy between a husband and his wife and my friend if you just trust in the Lord if you just understand his word we can have the assurance that when hard times come the Lord will deliver why because we've not trusted in own might we've not trusted in our our secrets and our hidden there was some, uh, when I was a kid I, I can remember my dad uh, talking about a feller uh, uh, whose son was over there uh, in Vietnam and they, uh, he got the news uh, that they was mission in action uh, and the man win uh, been a Christian uh, I don't know for how many years uh, but when he heard the news uh, that his son was missing in action uh, he went on a drunk uh, hadn't drank since he got saved uh, that my friend is telling me uh, that the Lord brought the events in his life uh, to show him uh, that he did not have enough uh, of the Lord that he was easily offended by the cares of this world. You say, Daryl, his son was 
possibly dead of being held captive. That is something that alcohol can't change. But a prayer to the Lord can make all the difference in the world. So then what are you going to do? Are you going to fall back on these things that we've been saved from? Are you going to lie instead of pray and instead of tell the truth? So many people are so afraid of offending another by the truth that they have been so well conditioned to tell a lie that they don't even know how to witness for the Lord. And because they don't know, they go about offending others. And the Bible says, woe unto you. Yes, offenses must come. But how are you to win somebody to the Lord when you've communicated that you yourself don't have what you're offering them? So how do we fix that? We repeat and we make things right. It wasn't easy sometimes. I worked in the factory and there was a lot of times that people would make me angry. And that's what I fall back on, anger a lot of times. And you know what? I guess it's just cause I was conditioned. And you all know that I can have a sharp tongue. I can just speak and just make it look so plain that it makes anybody that's, uh, that's uh, disagreeing just look stupid. Cause that's what, that's what we ought to do sometimes, right? We don't need to talk about emotion and feeling. We just need to, we need us to discuss the facts of it of the matter and uh, a lot of times people want to argue about what you said instead of arguing about what should have been said and then when you ask them what should have been said a lot of times uh, the very thing they said is the very thing you said they just say it in a different way and so then you can find agreement can't you but uh, but I know that there's a lot of people uh, that are so afraid of offending somebody um, that they lose sight of what the truth is and they so mealy mouthed, so afraid that somebody might get offended if, if you I would uh, consider them to be lost. But listen, if you're living in open sin, you're lost. It's that simple. Um, if that offends you, well, then it's not my words offending you. It's the words of God offending you. And you're going to have to get over it if you ever make heaven your home. It's that simple. And the, soon, the sooner we can address the truth of the matter the sooner then we can move on from that and we can grow in the Lord. There's people that sit in certain churches that their sins in their life are never preached against. So somehow in their foolishness, they think that everything's going, everything's all right. Everything's okay. Preacher don't think it's wrong. So therefore it ain't wrong. But it ain't the preacher's words that's going to judge you unless it is the preacher's words are those words spoken in the scripture. And yes, then they will judge you. But if you never hear a message from a preacher on adultery and you're living in adultery, don't think that somehow when you get to heaven, you can say, look, Lord, I never heard a message on it because you'll have his word. And not only do you have his word, but you have the Holy Spirit. If you've ever been born again, the Holy Spirit is a revealer of the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. And just like that man that felt instead of crying out to God, you know, I, I never was a drunk, uh, but 
that that was my weakness. As I already stated, my weakness is anger. And there's something about people who used to use the name of God in vain. And it worked and it didn't. It, it, it didn't make me angry. But Jesus, when they said Jesus Christ, that would that kind of make me angry. And I'd, I'd say, hey, listen, I'd appreciate that. That one you spoke of died for my sins. I was a wretched, filthy sinner. And because he lives, I can have a, I can not only can have a, a life in this world, but I have a life to come. Well, there was this one man and he liked to put the most abhorrent, awful word in front of that or in between it. He would say Jesus and then this terrible, awful word and then Christ. And I tell you what, there was one night I was in a bad mood. And when he said that, if it hadn't been for the Lord, but I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have had such righteous indignation if I was living out in sin. But I tell you what, I, 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 I would have set him on his head and kicked him in the face. It angered me so. But I didn't do it. But what I did was, is I showed him how angry I was, not in an unchristlike way, but um, I physically threatened him is what I did. And it wasn't right. So what you have to do when you calm down, you have to go and say, look, I'm sorry. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I'd be a murderer. I'd probably be in prison right now. And I'm sorry that I said I would bodily harm you. But I would appreciate you if you would please not decree my Savior's name again. But he was a wicked man. He was a wicked man. But I do not... If he'd have made a promise to me, and he didn't, should I expect him to keep it? But as a Christian, I'd like to give God the glory that I kept my promise. See, that's what it takes. When we sin, no matter whether we feel justified in it, whether we are offended, we need to put everything in its proper perspective because we thought we'd go this way with the message. But offense turns into scorn. Have you ever heard that saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned? Well, what are they talking about? Scorning, there is, I think, eight different definitions of scorning. But, a, but for a woman to be scorned is to be greatly offended. And offended because of something that was done that, that, that um, um, slighted her or that it was communicated to her that, that she wasn't. Uh, as special as she knows that she is. And as you read those definitions of scorn, it leads into pride, right? And that's why the Bible said, and we read it about, that he would scorn the scorner. Because those who are scorned always, if they don't give it to Jesus, will become not only scorned, but they'll become a scorner. And they'll tear down because that's what that saying's about when it says hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. In other words, she's going to do more than just get even. She's going to tear everything apart and tear everything down. Why? To get even. But I tell you what, when it comes to scorners, it's not just women. Even though people have that saying, it's not the truth, is it? And if it is, it's because 
men are acting like women then, and I'm not going to say that's the problem. The problem is, is that, that scorners are both male and female. And if you don't, when you're offended, if you don't give it to Jesus, that will turn into scorn, which will turn into being a scorner, which will turn into God himself scorning the scorner and removing the grace that was so freely gave to you. Paul and the unity prayed for the Philippians. There are people that have been so scorned that they don't even realize what they're saying and how pathetic and how silly it is. And it goes beyond being childish. And they don't realize that they can't see the facts as they really are because they're only seeing how it affects me. When my, you know, I was talking about uh, at work being me and my, me and my boss, we joke around a lot about woe is me, you know, and a lot of times I told, <clears throat> I told my, my boss, which he has, um, if he eats bread at all, it's homemade. They, uh, I think once I've seen him with a store, uh, store, store-bought piece of bread, and so uh, my wife's been buying. Uh, she she went and she got some really nice rye bread. And I I said, look, I said, look, Elam, I said, I I uh, I try to give my wife some helpful criticism on her rye bread. And I said, ever since then, I've had to eat store ball. I said, I reckon she's trying to condition me to not give her helpful criticism. He said, did you really give her helpful criticism? You know, because, and so, you know, there's that back and forth and that dialogue. Before it was over with, we, I think I almost had him convinced to cry for me. But, you know, that's what a lot of times we do, right? It's like, oh, what? I've got to eat store-bought bread again. I look at my lunchbox. And then it's like, woe is me because I don't even consider all that's going on in my wife's life. And the fact that she was sick this particular week or that the children, that this was going on or that's going on. And so I could be greatly offended in the fact that I don't have, I don't have bread. When really, if I would just listen to my wife, she said, honey, we're out of wheat. You need to get wheat. But I ain't going to run all the way down there to, to see more just to get wheat, right? I do that when we're when we're traveling around doing our jobs, it's like I swing in there. And then she told me this week, she said, well, you can get it uh, cheaper up at Versailles. That was the cheapest place we found it. But the point being is, is so many times we are so offended. And if we really knew the truth of the matter, it was that that, that whole offense was brought down by our own self and by what we've done. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, and that ye may be, and that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. What you're doing for the Lord, would you and could you measure it as being excellent? You know, so many times when you uh, might come to a person and you want to voice your concerns about what they're what they're doing or left or what they're le- uh, the, what they're um, 
leaving undone, um, a lot of times their first response is, well, that ain't wrong. Well, okay, I understand. There's a lot of things that we can do in life uh, that ain't wrong, but they lead, the mindset leads to sin. And it is us older Christians that realize that. We can see it. There's people that I've watched over the decades, and you can see it. They they come to the Lord, and then as they as they progress in their in their in their faith, they experience this disappointment and that disappointment. And instead of turning to God, they turn to the world. And they don't they don't necessarily do those things that are sin, even though we know anything that we put before God can be sin. But they use these things to occupy their time and their mind instead of being obedient to the Lord. But we have to ask the question, are they excellent? You'd say, well, Daryl, there would be very few things I would do. If that was the, okay, then, now we go. Are you striving to live a life that God would consider to be excellent? Say, Daryl, I'm not perfect. All right, you got half the battle won. Now, because we recognize that we're not perfect, we understand that there is one that is, and we have to ask him. We must die and be crucified and raise in Christ Jesus, and it is his will that his children perform. Let's get some song to sing.